Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. I'm Lisa Berry here with Frank Anderson, exploring the many different aspects of awareness. It's a word we hear all the time and we're choosing to explore what it means and how it works in our lives. And in this episode, we've decided to explore the awareness of joy. I love joy. More joy. I need more joy in my life. Yes, Lisa, the joy, the joy that has no opposite. Right. That's how we started this whole conversation. Yes. That's such an intriguing concept, isn't it? The joy that has no opposite. Right. And so we can think of happiness, you know, and what might be the opposite of happiness. But is there a joy that has no opposite? What I've learned, you know, through all these <laughs> years of practice and teachings and stuff, it's similar to the joy of being hmm. or that innate quality that is always there for us to connect to, you know, when we do the exploring awareness techniques. It's interesting you mentioned the word happiness because I came across a thought that said joy endures hardship and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness but chooses joy. I wonder what you think about that. A person pursues happiness but chooses joy. Yeah, and you know, we don't want to get too picky about words here. Right. Because, you know, isn't the um, part of the American dream is the pursuit of happiness. Right. And certainly I'm not saying we shouldn't pursue happiness. And, you know, in our lives, we always look for happy things and we don't want to have the bad things. That's just kind of normal. But when we talk about exploring awareness and mindfulness and spirituality, connections, then we start talking about, well, what happens in real life? And when things aren't always going our way, what happens? So, you know, happiness is a a nice state to be in. But I do think happiness in the way that we're framing it today can come and go. So you can pursue happiness and hopefully you'll get to happiness But if you don't get to happiness, well, then what happens? That's the dilemma. And then this other kind of paradox we're offering today is, well, you know, that doesn't matter so much when you can access the joy of being that's always there, you know, might be kind of covered up. It may not be realized at the moment, but the whole idea of kind of exploring awareness, mindfulness, waking up is that there is a sense of joy no matter what and it doesn't happen opposite when you say that that gives me hope that the joy is always there we just that was one of the first things you ever taught me and us and those listening that the joy is always there we just cover it up and i thought huh I, you know what you're right and so stop covering it up and yes and, and- I'll say we covered up, and I don't want to blame anybody either. Right, right. <laughs> Let's say 
it gets covered up. Ah, okay. There you go. Thank you. It, it gets covered up by layers and layers of things that don't seem very joyful. Right. Or even the pursuit of happiness can, you know, cloud over joy if you're looking for pure happiness. I love the chocolate cake example. <laughs> um, you're looking for a chocolate cake and you get your chocolate cake and love your chocolate cake. For, for me, Lisa, it's not dessert. If it's not chocolate. I don't know how you feel about dessert. No, I, yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you know, was, if you know me, you know, my, one of my, I always say that fruit is not dessert. No. <laughs> no. So I, yeah, you, uh, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Go ahead. Not chocolate. It's not dessert. And then what happens, you know, so you get your chocolate mm, and then, and then it's over. It's like, Oh, but sometimes you go to, you know, you go to some of these places and they give you a little too much chocolate. <laughs> like, mm. Oh my God. It's like a huge mound of brownies and ice cream. And it can kind of make you sick too. <laughs> Overdoing it. The happiness, that kind of pursuit of happiness and, and the rawness of it, it, it does come and go and it's fun, but it does come and go. Right. And, and if you don't get your chocolate cake, you can have some suffering from that as well. Chocolate cake being a metaphor for you know anything that you're wanting in life in such a way that if you don't get it, you won't be happy. Uh, well, say more about that. Are you saying if you don't get the chocolate cake, you can still be happy? Well, you might be happy. Yeah, you'll be. Ha- you might be happy if you have some chocolate cake. And then what happens when the chocolate cake is gone? Are you not happy any longer? Right. That's a concept I think about a lot because if you like going on a vacation or a trip and then you're so happy, you look forward to it and you go on, you have a great time and then it ends and then you, you, you're kind of sad and it's the same thing, but you can still be happy. Is that your point you're trying to make, even though it's over? Well, we're kind of differentiating happiness and, and, um, and the joy that has no opposite. And the joy that has no opposite comes from the practices that we're talking about. Mindfulness, exploring awareness, present moment awareness. And the beautiful thing about that practice is when you've practiced and you've connected to that deeper sense of, of awareness, Things can happen or not happen, and it will still be okay. I mean, it's they happen, it's wonderful, and if they don't happen, it's okay as well. There's a sense of, you know, the equanimity of allowing whatever is happening in the present moment to happen as it would happen. It doesn't mean being passive, but it means that um, you accept what's happening in the present moment and not resist it and not try to make it different because that's where the suffering comes in. When you try to make something different, that it just isn't, isn't there. It's not the present moment. So if you're, if you're trying to resist things or try to make things different or wish your expectations were met, things like that, that causes a lot of distress. We all experience that. And we're saying, if you become present and you wake up to present moment awareness, then there's this beautiful sense of joy that comes. 
from just being okay with what is and stop trying to fight everything and stop trying to relive the past and live in the future. So it's like a a different kind of joy. It's not happiness. It's just like the joy of being. It's like, what a relief to finally know that I can't find the happiness, you know, chasing things that I thought were going to make me happy. It doesn't mean you still can't go on vacation. But the funny thing about it is you're going to love your vacation and you're going to love when the vacation is over and life unfolds in a very different way when you're experiencing this kind of joy of being, the joy of being that comes from the practices that we're talking about. I love the joy of being. That's such a great, just kind of a mantra, the joy of being. But I will say you were talking about expecting things and they don't happen and still being okay. But then it brings up a word that I haven't really thought about much lately, but kind of is pretty been pervasive in my life. And that's disappointment. Mm-hmm. How do disappointment and joy go together or not go together or negate each other? Yeah, well, I mean, can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by disappointment? Oh, I don't know. I think you have expectations and you have dreams and you have hopes and you want things to happen and they don't. And you're like, of course not. You know, it's kind of like Debbie Downer. Wah, wah. I'm just, it's not going to happen for me. And I'm just going to be disappointed. I, I think I went through a phase in my life. I was just like so disappointed with everyone and everything. And, and I think I, now it's kind of coming to me what you're saying, this joy of being, if you're in that place, if you, are feeling that feeling, then you won't be disappointed because you'll just accept what it, ah, I get it. Oh, that's awesome. And so it's kind of the opposite of disappointment too. the joy that, that you can, instead of being disappointed, just feel the joy of being and accept what is right now. Is yeah. that what you mean? Yeah. Well, and it's not like a static one-off thing, right? Right. So I think that People sometimes come to this type of practice when they have been disappointed a lot. And, mm. you know, people have don't have their expectations met. And I think the COVID pandemic was a great example. All these expectations weren't being met, disappointments right. or things. And so they're like, well, what are we, we just, what are we going to do? And so a lot of people turn to meditation as like, well, okay. Let's try that because, you know, nothing else is working. And so it's not that you won't be disappointed, but, you know, how you might approach the disappointment can slowly change. Sometimes it's teasing apart the different aspects that are causing you to be disappointed in the first place. Hmm. Right. So, um, you know, when we talked about mindfulness of emotions, we talked about all the different aspects of the emotion. So, you became mindful or aware of the disappointments with this practice, you start seeing them individually. And that then might put you on a new path where disappointments may not either have the same meaning or may not actually occur or occur less often. When you've been doing this practice and instead of, of doing things habitually, you start doing things more authentically, and um, perhaps things evolve a little differently. 
So I'm trying to think how to get to that place of doing things more authentically versus habitually. Is that a big process? Well, I mean, you talked about doing things authentically versus habitually. So what awareness do we need to, to realize the difference in that and when we are doing it? I mean, at what point does awareness enter in? I feel like that would be a key component to acting authentically versus habitually. Right. Well, and again, it's not like one of these things that just changes immediately. Right. I'm saying that kind of with the practice, we start to see that happen. But it does start with becoming aware that you're disappointed and then finding out what those components are and starting the practice that allows you to move in the world a little bit differently. And you might change the situations that are causing the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that with yourself? Well, I'm, first, I want to say that's that's that seems pretty powerful to be aware of disappointment. So you're in that moment and you're disappointed and you become aware of it. What do you do with that? I'm asking for your for your guidance on this. Yeah, it, first, it can be really hard um, when you're doing awareness practice to, to see what's going on and right. see the different elements or decisions you might have made in the past, uh, habit energies that you've picked up from your family or culture decisions you might have made because you thought that was what other people wanted you to do. And so as that type of information becomes clearer to you, you know, you might see how that's interacting or causing a certain disappointment with someone because you've got certain expectations out of habit energy. So it's really this wonderful opportunity to look. And when you're aware of these things, you become aware of, of how you tick and then you can ask yourself, is that really, is that really how I feel? Does that really come from, from this sense of, um, let's say, unconditional love or joy or peace or equanimity? And those are those four qualities that we talk about that get exposed the more we do this practice, right? So there's, a, um, there's an awareness of the components of disappointment, while at the same time, there's a re-identification with something deeper, right? So that that's how they connect. I love how you said that, become aware of how I tick. <laughs> it's like... You like that? I do. I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Be, become aware of how I tick and, you know, you know, or, and then you're in disappointment, but I, I'm just going to dig deep and kind of, you know, walk with me here and you become aware of disappointment and then become aware of how you tick and become aware of the decisions you make. And then I become aware that I'm kind of (laughs) angry that (laughs) I made those decisions and that's what I'm living in right now. And what do you do with that? Yeah. What makes you tick? And then you find out what makes you tick. Right. And then you're like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. Well then, then, then you may have to change some things. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. That's how that works out. And so that's why it's kind of a long process. It goes over time. Right. But I think the key word is awareness. You know, become, oh, there's so many things, and we've talked about it for nearly 50 episodes, so many different things to be aware of. And being aware of how you tick is so important, or who you are, or what you're made of, or what disappoints you, or what brings you joy. I mean, it's being aware of all those things that are, I feel, going to bring you a more fulfilling life. Right. But what have you, you know, what have you become aware of, of how you tick and you don't like it? 
So right. let's say, there you go. <laughs> you become aware that you tick because you're trying to make as much money as you possibly can by taking advantage of people. Hmm. Does that what makes you tick? Is that what makes some people tick? That's not what makes me tick, but yeah, I think that makes some people. I mean, there's some people tick that way and they may, they may be upset. I was just thinking the other day, uh, something about my family and my mother was a first generation person and her family, like whenever we left the house, it seemed like it was the, it was the last time we were ever, they were ever going to see us again. And when we came home, they were like, so happy to see us. Somehow there was an expectation that the world was very dangerous. Mm. It took me a while to, to realize that, you know, maybe because of what the experiences they had had in the past, if someone leaves the house, you know, it's a dangerous thing. And then they come back and they're so happy. Mm. But it kind of instills the sense that, you know, you leave and there's a fear and kind of a mm. danger and, you know, I realized that kind of played into some of things, some anxieties that I had. And I was like, well, that's really interesting to realize what was making me tick with some of these things that were embedded in kind of my childhood. Right. I think that there are people I wish you can't tell anybody anything or make anybody look at things a certain way or feel a certain way. But there are people I wish that they knew this, that they could hear this. And I'm grateful for for everyone listening now and hopefully they're they're getting something out of it but i feel like this is basic information i mean i feel life is not meant to just go through day by day and not appreciate it and and enjoy it and the more you become aware of who you are and why you're here and and how to find your joy i think the better it is and i was emailing somebody today and 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 he was saying well i'm old and my brain is failing and and i said you know one of my favorite quotes is that you're never too old to be what you were meant to be. And I said, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to just, a life is a gift and it doesn't always go my way, but I'm going to cherish every moment and be aware that the joy is always there. Now, I, you know, it's not, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't come to me every single second, but to know that, to hear this and to have these conversations can be life-changing. I know it has been for me, for sure. Well, and for this person, you know, right. he's got this preconceived idea. He's got somehow a belief or a, a habit energy that says those certain things. I always find it interesting that he knows that, so there's an awareness of it. But he's not aware that he's aware of it. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, right. so there's this one level of awareness of all these problems, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this deeper sense of awareness of everything that's happening. So it's like, if he can take a step back and say, well, wow, I'm aware that I'm like sabotaging myself. Mm, right. Thoughts. Like, wait a minute, where did that come from? And, you know, I don't know where it came from. Sometimes people need to go to a therapist to figure that out. But if they're locked in the smallness of their thoughts, then this is what happens. And we're talking about awareness of thoughts, which opens up a whole nother dimension of being human. That's where the freedom comes in, the open-heartedness comes in. The, and the joy is so, so much joy to just live freely in the world without the burdens of your discursive thoughts. So that's the joy that has no opposite. 
it's impossible when you're just completely aware there's no opposite to that. You know, everything is going to be good. Even, you know, you're in jail. It's like, well, you're in jail. You're aware of all the things that, you know, got you into jail or whatever, but, you know, you're there and you turn that into a retreat, perhaps. I wish everyone could hear, truly hear, and I, w- I wish we could say it over and over and over what you just said. To me, that is such a key thing to be aware of. And then you said freedom. There's freedom from your fear and there's freedom from your disappointment and there's freedom from not enjoying the moment when you are aware that the joy is always there. And I, I would, if somebody wants to email us and uh, exploring awareness at gmail.com and say, but easy for you to say, or I don't under, I would love to hear a, the differing opinion to that, that who can say that the joy is not always there. Yes. Well, you know, and if you're, if you're fixed in the beliefs, it's like, well, this mm. has got to be this way. And right. There's no flexibility. And, you know, I believe this because other people told me, you know, this is the way it's always been. You know, these are things that, that really can be very restricting. And then there, there is a fear. There can right. be fear of letting go of fixed beliefs because it's threatening. It's threatening to the ego. It's threatening to the sense of self. And we have attachment to these things. And so we did an episode on, on attachment. So it links here. And it's about letting go. And we did an episode about letting go. And it's like, well, you just can't let go. But again, you do these practices and things start to fall off. You know, you do these practices and you get insight into something more than just these habitual thoughts and things that you've learned. And your irony is you don't lose anything, but you gain a lot. It feels like you're going to lose something. You feels like you're going to lose your beliefs or lose your feelings or lose your enthusiasm. No, no, it's going to make it even better. People who who do this have a lot of character, a lot of mm. interests, a lot of, and they feel good to be around. Mm. And you can, every one of us can be that type of person. And I feel like this sounds oh too good to be true. And people are saying, what is this, a cult or what religion do you have to believe? Or none of those things. We're talking about pure organic joy. The joy that is always there. That and I and I'm and I apologize for saying it wrong. The joy that gets covered up. We don't cover it up necessarily. The joy that gets covered up. I love looking at it that way. But it's it's there and it's not it's you don't have to believe anything, you don't have to join anything, you don't have to give any money, you don't have to drink any Kool-Aid, just no, no, but you know, some people who deliver this message right unfortunately create communities and and there can be cult-like behavior. Obviously, this is there's no cult here. Um and it isn't about following any one particular person or a belief. It's it's about freedom from all those things Mm. so so and we can all do it ourselves and uh you don't have to have to join a cult to do that and actually joining a cult is not what what we're talking about no 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 close because there's attachment and problems with that power or whatever so you know that's always been my goal i've haven't been in a cult but i've been exposed to lots of different systems and different you know Mm. cultural 
uh, religious systems. And, uh, and also secular mindfulness, which can help people kind of relieve stress, but I really want to bring it out into this larger realm of being your authentic self. It, and it sounds spiritual and that can, that can you know, start to equate to religion, but no, we're just talking about the full potential of being a wise, open human being. That's what this is all about. And you asked me a little while ago about being my authentic self and have I experienced that from all these conversations and everything else going on in my life. And I literally did a few weeks ago, I went for a walk in this forest in, in, the, in my community. And as I walked through the forest, I mean, I know there's forest bathing and there's walking meditation. I was walking with a friend and having a conversation, but I felt my feet firmly on the earth, not on the ground, not on the carpeting, not on the hardwood floor. I was walking in the woods and I felt my feet touching the earth and I felt so grounded and I felt so centered and I felt so me. And it was a great experience because I'm outside and I love to be outside and I love to be in nature. And this was a beautiful woods and there was ponds and the I'm not making this up. You walk over a bridge and there's turtles sunning themselves. And there was this historic tree that I went to visit and just walking on the earth. And as my feet touched the ground, I just felt like my authentic self. I felt it through my feet. And that was the freedom and the joy I think we're talking about. And because I was in that moment feeling what was happening and aware of everything going on around me, I was able to to feel that and experience it. That is, that's, that's a beautiful story. And, and that's a beautiful example of how this works. It's, right. it, it, you can't make yourself do that either, mm-hmm. right? But you, I wasn't trying for it. No, we're striving yeah, for it. Yeah, it happened spontaneously uh, and you recognized it, you know? Yes, and exactly. so there, there's that, that's that dynamic process that we're talking about, the experiential process and the awareness of the experience and just being able to connect to that. So like that deep, rich, wonderful joy, you know, of being, that's what you experience, the, the joy of being. And, and it came, you know, because you've been doing these practices. Right. And, you know, different people do different things. And, and in this particular podcast, we talk about these mindfulness techniques to explore awareness for that connection and out for that rich experience to be, to be fully, fully experienced, you know, not so partially or not experienced at all. You could have walked through and missed the turtles. Then what would that be like? <laughs> <laughs> It was fun to see the turtles out in the water sunning themselves. There was like seven of them. I mean, yeah. who, who sees seven turtles? Yeah. So those are all those, you know, it's simple. It's nice. Right. That's just me, a simple girl. With a simple into, you know, and you take that same perspective into your life, into your workout. Right. You know, your meetings are different and your work output is different and. Um, you know, your ideas are different and, you know, everything kind of moves in a, in a, in a, in a better, happier, productive way. You know, it takes time, takes intention, but, you know, we've got time. 
it does take time. It does take intention. And it's not like I'm always like this, but I do feel like I have more and more of those moments that they come more frequently. And I, and I try to be aware a lot more than I used to be, you know, if something's happening that I don't like, same thing, I will stop and try to be aware of it and, and work my way through that moment just as much or as equally as I do in the joyful moments. For me, being in nature is instantly joyful. I, I, that's just how I've become. It's especially during this pandemic. It's just been a great, I guess, distraction to go outside and look at the wonders all around me. And like right now, the trillium are blooming and I found some pink ones in my neighborhood. And I'm like, I didn't even know there were pink trillium. And we, you know, I guess that is a simple thing, but it does help me connect to my joy. Yeah, that's great. I'm wondering where you, Frank Anderson, where do you connect to your joy? Well, you know, I saw a baby being delivered last night and um, just and I saw the mother's expression and the father's expression and the grandmother's expression. And it was just uh, the baby. It was just amazingly wonderful experience. It was so, so joyful. If you're listening and you don't realize that Frank is a doctor, were you delivering the baby? I was in the room with the, okay. with, the, with, the, with the supervising the door. Okay. Aww. But See? yeah, so I got a chance to be like the observer of everything. And uh, it was just that so, so, so joyful. I felt so lucky to be there. And just that joy was expressed through everyone. Beautiful birth. And uh, it was certainly just, just wonderful. How lucky are you? That's your job. I know. I'm so lucky. That's so lucky. The joy of birth, man, you know, great. I'm really enjoying spring. Yeah. You know, I think spring is a change. You know, things are changing. And, you know, we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And Ann Arbor, Michigan has very cold, (laughs) uh, dark winters. And all the green disappears. and, And when spring comes, things just pop. You know, the greenery and the flowers the birds and it's just yeah so so nice for me that's the joy of discovery you know every day the it looks a little different it's more trees bud and more flowers bloom and the birds get a bit louder and yeah it's the joy of discovery in spring but i enjoy the the snow i enjoyed um watching the snow and the beauty of snow covered in arbor as well and, you know, you're out in the cold and you know that it's cold, but there's a, a freshness and a, and a wonderfulness to cold. And then there's that resistance to cold and you know right. that you're resisting cold. So the, the whole process to be able to just live life as it unfolds, you know, and so you're cold. So you put on a jacket, you know, you dress warmer and then you're in the cold again and it's not something that's uncomfortable. Right, that's kind of a response instead of a reaction. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're, you're cold outside, you will put on a jacket as opposed to being miserable in the cold. So all of these things, you know, lead to a life of kind of intention and wisdom and presence. And, and there's a joy that gets derived from that that will be experienced. When bad things happen, instead of resisting them, see them for what they are, and then perhaps make changes so those things don't happen again. 
And when good things happen, you know, be present to them and enjoy them and let them come and go as they will. And so you're living a life, not on a roller coaster, but on just this, this kind of a, a joy that has no opposite and this sense of unconditional love. And that can be a guide and that then leads to a life that unfolds very differently than judgmental forced expectations, habits, and things like that. So that's kind of the, the overall thrust for today's talk. And I think we can move to a guided meditation where we we'll, can consolidate some of that in an experience. Right. I think we should just leave what you just said as it is. So yeah, let's meditate. That's a perfect transition. And so when we use the mindfulness techniques to connect to this, this essence, I'm going to ask us to, you know, not try to think through this. And I'm going to use words to guide us. And when we do these guided meditations, we kind of use this framework called the four foundations of mindfulness. And uh, the first one is mindfulness of the breath. Uh, the second one is mindfulness of the body. The third one is mindfulness of thoughts. And the fourth is mindfulness of emotions. And so you can keep that as a framework, you know, as we go through the, the meditation. And so to start this process, and you can do this wherever you are, Although, if you're in a car, obviously pull over or, you know, wait to do this when you get home. Now, so we're moving from thinking and talking into just experiencing. And so I set that intention and perhaps also an intention to connect to something deeper you know, a deeper sense of joy, a deeper sense of love. And we can just hold that intention, even if it doesn't seem possible to you. Maybe there's some faith that this is, because a lot of other people have experienced it. Maybe you can experience it as well. If you give yourself a little opening, tiniest opening, that this could be possible for you. And all your grumpiness and, and your doubts and dismissal and all these other things, just check them at the door. If you'd like to proceed, just check them at the door and let's try, try this. You get your, your family members to try this. It's simple. But there has to be an intention, you know, just a glimmer of hope that there is this possibility of a joy that has no opposite, an unconditional love. So with our intention and our bodies in a comfortable position, we start with 
becoming aware of breathing. Now we've been breathing, right, for the last half hour or so during the conversation, happening unconsciously, habit. <laughs> Just something that always has been there, right? So why pay attention to it? Why change it? Why do anything with it? So again, I'm kind of a model for some other for thoughts perhaps later. So start with the breath. Instead of taking it for granted, instead of having any expectations, we stop and just become aware of the breath as it enters the body. The, the body actually, chest cavity expands and it creates a vacuum and the air goes into the lungs. And the muscles contract and the air gets pushed out. And so becoming aware of that happening. So what was just happening unconsciously is now conscious. It's aware. You know that you're breathing, which is different than just breathing. So awareness of breathing. And then now become aware of the body. You can start at the feet. Right, like Lisa was talking about, aware of your feet touching the ground, feeling the earth. Aware of the legs connecting to the hip. And feeling the muscles and bones in the leg. parts touching the ground or chair. And then your hips connecting to your pelvis and lower back. And upper back. Feeling your shoulder muscles. Perhaps noticing like when you become aware of your shoulder muscles, how they relax. Become aware and they return to normal return to where they feel more comfortable. When you weren't aware, they're all contracted. Let that help you understand awareness, right? And then your abdominal wall, then your chest wall, moving as you breathe, 
and your hands, forearms and elbows and upper arms and shoulders. Just feel your whole body. Below your neck. And your body animated with awareness. So now we know we're breathing. We know the body is here. And then we'll move up to the head. Become aware of the head. And the hair on the back of the head and the ears and the forehead and all those muscles in your face. And you can know that you have your eyes that see and the nose that smells and mouth for taste and talk, speech. Right? So bringing that to awareness your whole body, the whole physical body now. Breathing and the heart beating, everything in the present moment as it is. And then surely your brain, your marvelous brain, doing lots of things that you're not even conscious of. So firing constantly to keep your body upright. Keep your organs working, you know, keep your breathing going. So there's a whole lot of things happening that, that you can't, you don't really know. It's just like a background buzz. And then there's things happening in your brain that you can't be aware of. Just like we were aware of our breathing, bring that to awareness of thinking. You want to thought comes when you're aware of that thought, you know, sometimes that thought then kind of dissolves. It's not getting rid of thoughts, but when you're aware of thinking, it's the awareness that's kind of predominant. The thoughts just don't, don't stand up. They kind of come and go like the breath. And so now you've got this awareness part of you that you're having glimpses of, experiencing. You can return to this through this practice. So if you get distracted, go back to your breath. Become aware of your breath, aware of your body, aware of your thoughts. And you rest as awareness. And 
an opening to this new possibility of being that isn't doesn't rely on the thoughts, doesn't rely on the past. It doesn't rely on habits, doesn't rely on expectations. It's all of those things are operating there. And you, as awareness, are kind of waking up to this realization that there's more to you than just that brain activity. So there's a spaciousness, there's a uh, openness. That's where the sense of joy could originate from. You know, your joy, my joy, all of our joys, it's kind of the same. Unity, um, love, unconditional love, so. You know, your conditioning, my conditioning, this person's conditioning, that person's conditioning, all their brain activities are just that. But we're all unified in this other aspect of humanity. Here we're working on it to know it. Other people don't know it. Maybe they'll they'll learn, wake up. But maybe until they do, we can still experience this unconditional love for the connection. We don't have to like the conditioning, but we are all connected. And for anyone who has these difficult thoughts and difficult ways of expressing their thoughts and things from our perspective of unconditional love and joy, there's much stronger connection in common than these thoughts that will come and go. Even if people are completely attached to them, there's only compassion for the attachment and the suffering. We can continue to cultivate and be examples and live a life that's ours with the knowledge of the unity of all beings. Again, experiential practice, awareness of breath, awareness of body, Awareness of thoughts, awareness of emotions. Keep working with that over and over and over. If you have a sense that there's more to this existence than just, just that. You know, use this life for expression of joy and love and peace and generosity.
It's just the most natural and simple thing. So take a couple of breaths now. And open our eyes and sit back up. Smile. <laughs> I kept thinking peace. I was feeling peace. I was seeing peace sign and the word peace and feeling peace. So that I know that wasn't necessarily the intended focus, but it brought me peace. So thank you for that great meditation. Yeah, you know, all of those, all of that, um, the words that we use are, again, you know, <laughs> expressing something that's not expressible by words. So, right. so it's just a, um, it's just wonderful to practice with you and everyone and um, share that feeling. And, you know, we're recording it today, but again, it's kind of a timeless thing as well. So as we all just dwell in that, in that place that it doesn't matter when it happens. So feel very connected to everyone right now. Thank you for connecting with us for our Exploring Awareness podcast. And if you want to email, it's exploringawareness at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We love to hear from you and are grateful that you're listening. And if you want to reach out, we're, we're open. We'd love to hear from you as well. So glad you all joined us. We'll be in touch again real soon. Have a good week, everybody. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.